Blog Talk Radio. someone who is back now on WWE Backstage, which airs 11 Eastern, 10 Central on Fox. Catch it, folks, because it's the one cheap plug I'm going to do today, aside from advertising the advertisements, which will be advertised later on tonight's food. Wow. I guess passing the mic has, you know, been an infectious thing because... Yours truly, it's one, the only, who the fuck else, Brian Rails. Um, in the last 24 hours, I've had a lot to sit and stew about. And it's not just the fact that the league fucked the Oakland Raiders over. Aside from that, and the league apologizing like the bitches they are, you heard me, NFL, I fucking said it. It doesn't matter who I roast and rant about. Because things will never change unless drastic things go down within the company, which is what I'm going to get on in touch a little later on. But, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show from Southgate, Michigan, Piper Nivens, Stunton Tubble, if you will, please. Leave, if you see a picture of these two side by side, ladies and gents, NXT UK, Piper Nivens. Or NXT UK's Piper Niven and Lady Lynn look quite similar, ladies and gentlemen. Lady Lynn. Hey, B Train, what's happening, bruh? We both have a lot to input about last night's TLC pay per view that streamed live from the WWE Network. Um, folks, for those of you who did not tune into that uh, monstrosity, of a pay-per-view, allow me to say you didn't miss much. Monstrosity is putting it kindly, B-Train. I'd call it a colossal train wreck of epic fuck proportions. I mean, who the fuck booked this shit? Really, I want to know who who made this card. It could not have been Vince because he's not that absent-minded. It also could not have been Hunter because... We don't point fingers and say, this person booked this, this person booked that. What we can do as fans is say, we didn't like, but yet you you guys still don't fucking listen to us. Because you think, well, they're fickle, they don't know what they want. That's only the fans with the IQ of fucking 12, for fuck's sakes. If you say we're smarts, you're a bunch of assholes who sit in the back and forgot what it was like to uh, watch you guys. Or watch wrestlers when you were kids. Or watch wrestling when you're in your 30s and you have nothing better to do with your time but watch a bunch of guys get in the ring and beat the fuck out of each other. Which, okay, some of TLC, I'll give them credit, some of it was tables, ladders, and chairs, mainly the women's match. 
uh, between Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Asuka, and Kyrie Sane. But what in the hell, dude? It's supposed to be TLC. That means every match is supposed to be tables, ladders, and chairs. But yet we have regular matches yet again because we don't want to beat our precious daisies up really bad. Woo. Oh, my God. Why even have these, like, stipulation-based pay-per-views if you're not going to use the stipulations, you know? You're just wasting our time. Especially since the fucking title itself says TLC, and we're not talking about baby, baby, baby. We're not talking about TLC, the hit group from the 90s, and we sure as hell are not talking about Tinder Love and Care. <laughs> Damn good group from the 90s, though. TLC, they were my jam, I'm telling you. Well, when someone wanted to burn the house down, she did, and we, uh, we're we talking about uh, TLC, right? Lisa Lepta Lopez, Rosanda Thomas, uh, Chili, and uh, Tion Watkins, a.k.a. T-Bot. At least they entertained the masses over the decade that they were involved in music. TLC last night, WWE's TLC. Where, oh, where the fuck was AJ Styles versus Randy Orton? And, you know, and Rey Mysterio, because speaking of which, um, the things that I did not like about TLC I'll cover lastly, but, okay, the one semi-bright spot, and even though it was a clusterfuck, you know, it was all over the place. There was, like, literally no psychology to this match. The uh, the women's match, which was the main event, for the tag team championships, the Kabuki Warriors versus Charlotte Flair and, and Becky Lynch. You have a pay-per-view where no titles change hands. That's fine because it's, it's the last pay-per-view. You know, I get it. They want to save the championship opportunities. They don't want anyone to lose – and I'm beginning to think, though, will there be a tag team Royal Rumble match for the women's tag, you know, number one contenders for the women's tag team championships? I mean, I just answered my own question. Yes, of course, they take my ideas, which I get no royalties for. <laughs> you should be writing them and telling them that they owe you buku amount of bucks there, B-Train. Because you've given so many ideas, and I think they've used a good chunk of them. But, yeah, where's the royalties? I mean, I don't know if I ever said Rey Mysterio versus AJ Styles would be a great United States Championship match, but I don't think I ever said in brain what sounds like a great idea of Seth Rollins facing Rey Mysterio for the United States Championship. Um, I get it. You know, you have a bad guy versus a good guy. Seth is the uber villain, and Rey Mysterio is like the Marvel hero that gets beat up and then comes back and gets beat up and then comes back, grabs a steel pipe or lead pipe and beats the fuck out of Lesnar with it. Then now Seth Rollins is like, pass the pipe! And not the drug kind, folks. But, (laughs) my dear Lord, what do we have to do as... Okay, there's some 111 number. I don't think so, Bub. No offense. I'm going to hang up on you. And I know that it's from a 
Who calls on a never mind. You're getting hung up on. Thank you and good night. Or someone's just listening. Okay, cool. I'm not gonna answer you, my friend. I'm sorry if you're from an undisclosed number. And if that's thank you. I told you I was gonna hang up on your ass. Anyways, continuing on with the show. Whoever dials with six one one ones, what are you trying to do? Say that your infinite number is one 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 one? No, I'm not answering you, my friend. Sorry, folks, for the delay, but there's some ass clown on the other end trying to dial from an undisclosed number. And if this is WWE creative, this is going to be really fucking funny. Um, okay, this is awkward. I had to hang up on them several times, fans. My apologies for getting distracted. But as I was saying, whoever thought it would be a best idea to put... Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio together in a match. Not to say that it's a bad idea. But honestly, folks, I'm starting to wonder, are we running out of ideas? Because Ring of Honor is, you know, starting to make a comeback. Um, AEW is a company that's on the rise. It's been back and forth, as I put it. Network flopping like I do I somewhat catch The other train wreck which is AEW They're not doing much better folks I mean they're getting better but they're not Totally there They're getting there They just need a little bit more work The women's division Especially uh, when you have Big Swole versus Amir Sakura um, Which was a train wreck of a match And then on top of that, you have MJF with a bodyguard. That's like EC3 with Ryback, essentially. But the dude kind of looks like, you know, he's just trying too hard. You know, the big old stare down. It's like, big man, relax. We got you. Oh, and (laughs) Hangman Page. Um, you know, I'd give kudos to the dude because he kind of reminds me like a blend of three uh, WCW guys, if you will, personality-wise, gimmick-wise. I would say he's a blend of Lex Luger, Diamond Dallas Page when he first started, and then, you know, add a touch of his own persona, and it's like, uh, you know, certain things are the way they are wrestling-wise when it comes to AEW, but I'm just saying, if WWE would fucking pay attention is what I'm getting at. There are people that are starting to get a little bit pissed off. And by pissed off, I mean we're getting to the point where the predictability factor is a thing, okay? And predictability as in, we know that the Kabuki Warriors are going to retain quite practically every fucking pay-per-view until WrestleMania or whenever, until someone beats the Royal Rumble. And it's like, okay, well, I love saying this, but 
not just the Kabuki Warriors, but Becky Lynch has held the Raw Women's Championship. And she even said tonight on Monday Night Raw, I know they're protecting me. I know I'm the Golden Goose. And it's like, gee, folks, even the champions are starting to make headway of saying, we know what's coming. So please, by all means, keep with the predictability, okay? <clears throat> and keep giving us bullshit pay-per-views that make no sense whatsoever. You have nine-time IWGP tag team champions, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. They're not supposed to be on this much of a losing streak, but they're doing what the company has asked of them because, they're well, they're getting paid. And they lost last night to the Viking Raiders in Minneapolis. And I'm wondering, when are they going to win? You know, people bitched about them being champions in the first place. And then, now they're bitching about them not being champions. So, is it such a bad idea to just one of them, like, Animal from Legion of Doom and then have them go on a losing streak? I mean, it makes no sense from that perspective. Okay, folks? Now, Angel Fishes, where was Shinsuke Nakamura? Why didn't he defend his Intercontinental Championship? Is he hurt? Oh, and um, Humberto Carrillo. I think he was going to win that uh, gauntlet match tonight. But he beat Andrade last night again in the kick a kickoff match that's not TLC. Another match that wasn't TLC, Buddy Murphy and Aleister Black. But that match was the most underrated match on the card. Why? Because not only was it very back and forth, but my lord, Buddy Murphy made Aleister Black actually work that match. Uh, that was the whole highlight of the show for me, B-Train. That match, oh, I couldn't tear my eyes away. Not to mention, what a beatdown that was. Holy hell, I don't think I've seen anything that intense in a long time. I think Buddy Murphy knocked on Alistair's door. You know, I like that fucking angle they're giving the story. It's giving, try to put this folks, it's breathing life into a company that's literally losing money and having to go to Saudi Arabia. And I read an article that basically stated that controversy is teaching WWE things, but it's also allowing them to take two steps back. It's weird, you know, it's like a fine wine. It tastes so good, and then some odd reason you can go backwards in time and that fine wine is starting to become sour grapes. And I mean this in the most sincerest way. Things were a lot more interesting when Carmella beat Asuka and there was a big stink about that. Now she's a tag team champion and people are still shitting all over that. So it's kind of like a lose-lose. They don't know what to do, what satisfies the crowd, what doesn't. I'll give you a fucking hint. It does not include people retaining all of their championships or people, you know, losing one championship. What matters is, is if you come across the board and you give the fans a fucking show, 
TLC was not a fucking show. It was a shit show and a half that I wish we all could flush that down the toilet mentally, but we can't because it's engraved in our brains that, okay, the New Day versus uh, the Revival, that was a decent match. I mean, those guys put themselves on the line. They hurt each other real bad, you know, tables, ladders, and chairs. And, um, of course, you know, the New Day, Kofi Kingston was phenomenal in that match. You have to give all four competitors of that match credit. Um, However, is the New Day going to keep holding the tag team championships? Is that, you know, a fear of yours? If if you disappoint the crowd in one way, they're going to leave. I mean, wrestling audience obviously is different from the wrestling audience back in the Attitude Era and not just that era, but the era when Shawn Michaels would win championships and you all didn't bitch about that. So I'm lashing out at at both the company and some of the crowd because it seems like no matter what the company does, it's always going to be a fucking tussle anyways, man. Just pull the fucking trigger in some ways and don't be afraid what the audience is going to do. Because honestly, they're still watching. It's like a fucking, like what Lewis Black said about candy corn. You know, and I find myself every Halloween and it's there, sitting there on the fucking desk, teasing me, taunting me. And I pick one up and say, ooh, candy corn. And I, my brain is going, better eat it. Better fucking eat it. And I take one bite and go, son of a bitch. <laughs> pulls you in like that, don't it? Just pulls you in, just lures you like the candy corn. WWE was doing so great. They were doing just fine. And then, why? The pay-per-view, you know what, fine. Include NXT and TLC, because obviously, obviously, you know, you don't want to hurt your, your money makers like Shayna Baszler and Adam Cole and Rick, you know, all the uh, Donovan Dijakovic, Keith Lee, you know, Tommaso Ciampa, the list goes on. If they would have NXT involved, this would have happened. But you know what? It's already done. There's nothing me, myself, Lady Lynn, or others could do about it. We can just sit here on a podcast and bitch about what we didn't like. And I hate being cynic about this group. I really do. Because, honest, heavens to Betsy, man, I know WWE is better than this. I know they are, because obviously CM Punk wouldn't have come out of the woodwork if he didn't, the truth be told, I think it's because Fox executives approached him and not Vince and Hunter, and I don't think he has any grudge anymore, because holding a grudge that long, that like will hinder anybody that is in professional wrestling, you have to learn to step away for a bit, and then come back when the time is right, and I I think CM Punk's timing was the best timing because you've got AEW on the other end just breathing down your neck. And then, they, you know, watching their stuff, 
some of it I could pick apart and say this is what doesn't work and this is what works for you guys. But I'm not a you know I'm not the owners of said company. I just am the fan who watches this shit on the regular and says, okay, you know what? I used to also be a worker. I'm not entitled. I just see what I see and I call it as I see it. And watching this shit in WWE tonight, another fucking gauntlet match that led to a no contest because of a D- an armor ha- or a hammerlock DDT by uh, Andrade Cien Almas on the outside onto the concrete. And he protected his face well enough. You know, they're going to injury angle the fuck out of this. Um, I just, I'm at a loss for words because, so, Seth Rollins can come in out of literally nowhere in the back and get a championship match because, well, he wants one. Um, Story or not, that's, complete bullshit and then the theme okay Bray Wyatt versus The Miz so are you trying to tell us and I'm going back and forth so it's because this is how bad this is you see what I'm doing it's just like WWE's clusterfuck of TLC no one knew what the fuck at the end of the match when Asuka went through a grueling like almost 42 minute match with Becky Lynch and Charlotte and her partner Kyrie saying, and yet all the men are going to just come out of the backstage area and brawl? Like, why? What was the point? Somehow, I guess they thought we wanted to see that more than we wanted to see Asuka and Kyrie Singh celebrate their victory and retaining their titles? I don't know. I'm I'm not the creative, and if I was, you can damn well bet that it wouldn't have been this much of a cluster. Well, especially when you plan a match, especially for the women, you know, and they're they're killing it in WWE, and they're making positive strides, you know, into giving hope for the young girls who want to be like them someday, and even if they don't, they want to empower them. So why are the men coming out and brawling? That just, that makes no sense whatsoever. And if you think it does, okay, um, what kind of delusion are we run, are we are running under as fans going, okay, maybe it did make sense. No, the fuck it didn't because, oh yeah, here's another point I'm going to touch on before I get to Off the Rails Uncensored's Monday edition. I get it. You know, you have to have a bad guy uh, angle with Corbin. I'm pushing him to the top because he's doing whatever the company asks him to do. He's a very big, he's a very good big guy. He's basic on the mic. If at best, they say, could you do his job better? Blindfolded and naked. Yes, I could. <laughs> I believe that. If you need 12 men to emphasize that he's a bad guy, so his gimmick now, folks, is instead of being annoying, more so than usual, um, and, you know, that's fine because that's what he wants. He said that on backstage. He's like, that's what I aspire to be is this bad dude. And his 
he put it, you know, I had to do something to get a reaction from the crowd. That's fine. What I'm getting at is, why the fuck does he need 12 people to beat Roman Reigns now? Maybe could it just be that, you know, Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler could have done the job, but no, you have six extras from Orlando, possibly, maybe, don't know, don't care. Uh, Then you have three more guys, like, okay, the Revival come down and attack him. It's like, uh, we get the emphasis he's a heel, and the babyface has to gain empathy from the crowd. We understand that. Thanks, Jerry, for using terms on air and having Joe cover your ass. I love you to death, King, but my lord, dude, is everyone slipping on Monday Night Raw and Vic Joseph? Um, good lord, man. I kind of agree with Corey's assessment on Twitter. We now have the reform version of Taz and Michael Cole. It's that bad, folks. And if Lady Lynn and I wanted to see a shit show, I mean, we could have just said, hey, guess what, WWE? Today we woke up out of our beds and said we wanted to resubscribe and see this bullshit before the end of the year. (laughs) I mean, it's nothing out of your pockets, you know, $9.99. You guys make millions of dollars to entertain fans. And here you are on national TV on tonight on Monday Night Raw. And sadly, you know, the Saints beat the fuck out of the Colts. Otherwise, I would have tuned in to Monday Night Football. It was 34-7, the final for those of you who missed it. It was just as boring as the fucking Queefs beating the the donkeys. 23-3. And I, for starters, I don't really particularly care to watch Monday Night Football because you never know if it's going to be a blowout or an overtime game or whatever. But I would much rather watch that blowout, a replay of it, versus tonight's show. Where? Okay, so Braun Strowman's on SmackDown Live. I get that. But, dude, putting him back on Raw wouldn't make a bit of a damn difference. And Kevin Owens is out with whatever. You know, he's got beat up bad by Seth Rollins and, and the AOP. Enough folks of that. So I'm going to take a breather in between my long-winded monologue and advertisement time. All right, folks, we're almost at the end of the year. If you want to become a professional wrestler, commentator, ring announcer, you want to make it big in the wrestling world, go to www.monsterfactory.org. That's www.monsterfactory.org. You can find it through a Google search. Contact the source. You know, the number should be located on the website on monsterfactory.org. There will be a virtual tour of the school in Paulsboro, New Jersey. Sometimes the owner, head trainer, and coach at Monster Factory will give free tours and even will gain students from that. So, Invest in yourself today and become a professional wrestler at the world-famous Monster Factory, which has produced the likes of, oh, you know him as Seamus, Matt Riddle, Bosch and Thrasher, the Headbangers, King Kong Bundy, the Godfather, Sonny, Chris Candido, the Body Donnas, oh, and so on and so forth, Pretty Boy Larry Sharp, oh, okay, Steve Cutler, 
The list goes on and on, folks. Invest in yourself today and become a professional wrestler or whatever you wish to be in the world of professional wrestling. All right, folks, for those of you fighting the good fight against cancer, go to susangcoman.org or Connor's Cure, findthecure.com. Support your friends who are fighting this fight against cancer. Cancer sucks. Kick it square in the ass today and support your friends today. You can find these links on the local websites, or you can search on even on WWE, buy merchandise, support people that are going through this bullshit, and make their holidays worthwhile. By the way, if you'd like to subscribe to WWE Network, you can go to WWE.com. Lady Lynn, would you like to tell them where you can pick up their WWE preloaded cards? Sure, B. Chang. Pick up your preloaded WWE Network cards at your local GameStop, Walmart, Best Buy, Target, 7-Eleven, Dollar General, CVS Pharmacy, and other retailers where gift cards are sold. $29.99 gets you three months prepaid. First month of sign-up is free for new subscribers. You get access to all the pay-per-views, all the classic shows, and hundreds of hours of original content. And also, folks, if you would like to watch AEW pay-per-views, get the Bleacher Report live app. Download the app. It is 49. It's not, not, not free, but the app is free, but the AEW pay-per-views are $49.99. No tax included. That is $49.99. To purchase that pay-per-view, you must have a valid debit card or credit card. And by the way, AEW makes its way for those of you in New York. The dates have been set for, yeah, actually it'd be in March, I believe, March. And it says to be decided. Mm -hmm. And in February, my friends back home in Kansas City, if you are listening, February 26th, live at the Silverstein Eye Arena, AEW will be Live in Kansas City for the first time ever. So get your tickets now. Forever hold your peace. All right, folks. This next show segment, I believe, will feature expletive language. If you have small children, please put cotton in their ears. And if they don't like it, well, then tell them tough nuggets. All right. And tell them also do not repeat any of this expletive language to their principals. Not my... I do not have any jurisdiction over your children, nor what they say. The content of this show is not suitable for minors under the age of 14. Also, Off the Rails Uncensored is a trademark show. It was christened on March 7, 2016. If there is any likeness or reproduction of the show without consent or permission, that individual, he or she, will be fined $45 for every time they use the words or phrase off the rails uncensored. You will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. And guess what, bitches? I will rake in the royalties. I do not own the rights to Living Color's uh, radio remix of Cult of Personality re-recorded and Cult of Personality. <laughs> By the way, buckle up, fuckers, because... um. About to uh, 
Well, I have some fuel for a rant that has been stewing since last night. So, fair warning you, if you don't like what you hear, you can always tune out. I mean, it's your choice. So, um, once again, buckle up, fuckers. You're about to enter my mind. And uh hope you uh, keep all hands and feet inside this mental ride. Because shit, you're going to be on one hell of a roller coaster. You get and during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to us in a language that everybody here can easily understand. of what needs to be fucking said about last night's clusterfuck. Why, and also Monday Night Raw, why would you have a pay-per-view that really at this point does not captivate the audience? It's a moneymaker because the Target Center was completely full of people that were more concerned about doing the skull chants because it's, you know, Viking country when it was the Viking Raiders versus the OC. I'm going to start with that match and work my way down the uh, laundry list of problems about the card, that is. So not to sound too negative and cynical, it was a good back-and-forth match, kind of, sort of, and then, you you know, Carl Anderson gets slammed on top of the KFC table. Like, honestly, folks, I'm not mad that the Viking Raiders retained, but are they ever going to lose? You're going to make them this uh, fatter version of Connor and Victor, the Ascension? Because that's essentially what the Viking Raiders gimmick is. And they're kind of a blend of Legion of Doom. Which again, folks, is a compliment on that end because a lot of people bitched about the Ascension being brought up too fast and trying to imitate the Legion of Doom and this, that, the other. My theory about that match was, okay, I'm not understanding why a team that went through Japan, not only through Japan, but all over the world, and Coined was like coined the phrase "We're the greatest tag team in the world," which is a common theme among every tag team. Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows—they're a great tag team. There's no denying it. But I'm not understanding why in the fuck 
every pay-per-view, the, the Viking Raiders are not the only way they're liable to lose that championship. And I'm pretty sure the number that called in and one one one's listening, fuckers, I'm sure that what you guys are going to do is listen to each podcast and cherry pick and pluck from it. Maybe you should actually listen to us because we're the fuckers giving you these ideas, right? Maybe I have the wrong attitude. Maybe I don't because I have been sitting here watching the tag team division in WWE and have seen, if not nothing, the pure dominance from the Viking Raiders on the Raw end. New Day on the other end, and their match was decent with the Revival because the Revival actually gave Kofi and Big E a run for their money, which is great because that's what fans should be witnessing is a tag team that gives the other tag team a run for their money. But again, I'm getting so sick of seeing New Day at the top of the fucking food chain because why? It's a marketing ploy. We get it. They sell millions of dollars. Is that why I'm mad? No. I would like some variety, please. As far as I'm concerned, yes, I get it. It's not smart if you put the tag team championships on the Revival because that would kill a whole bunch of subscriptions from WWE. As if, you know, the number hasn't decreased enough as is after the whole Fiend losing to um, Seth Rollins. That's why a lot of fans are questioning Seth, you know, and... Not just him, but what the fuck was the point? Because now, also, speaking of that, Bray Wyatt had a weird, weird match with The Miz. No offensive moves until, you know, he jacked himself into the the fucking barricade because he popped his shoulder back into place. I mean, I didn't mind that second. It's just very weird. The Fiend was sitting on the Tron, and people are wondering, is that really The Fiend? Could it be a double for Bray Wyatt? He came out to the Firefly Funhouse thing, and the man was literally getting a stiffy from getting, you know, pain injecting, you know, pain adjusting to what The Miz was doing to him. So, I feel like some of TLC was a bit, actually, it was all over the place, I'll just fucking say it. Humberto Carrillo versus Andrade Cien Almas. Make it a chairs match, for fuck's sake. Have chairs. The first one gets a chair, gets to use it the majority of the match, and the last one gets to use the last five minutes of the match. But no, we get a straight-up Lucha Libre match, which I could go to Mexico and see at CMLL and watch... That same style match that was put on TV, and I'm not taking anything away from Andrade Cien Almas, but honestly, folks, TLC, the one lone highlight of that entire evening was Aleister Black versus Buddy Murphy. That doesn't equate to you're supposed to have Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin. So now, because he doesn't have the shield behind his ass, we're going to put him into the ground character-wise and have Baron Corbin go up the ladder? Big fucking question mark there, folks, because he gets a lot of booze and he gets a lot of reactions. Do you want the person 
that does that and gets the crowd to leave because twelve you have twelve men versus one. That doesn't make any sense for the heel to have way too much emphasis that he's here. It's one thing that, like, you know, when the Shield did it, they were always three on one. You know, they always were like a pack of dogs, the hounds of justice. And their common theme was we're going to take out this guy. We're going to take out all the legends like Big Show and Rey Mysterio and Undertaker. We're going to take out this group of guys. Because we can. But really, Baron Corbin, it's so fucking weird. It's like the million dollar corporation, but the watered down version. You see why I say a fine wine turned back into sour grapes? Because where the hell was Shorty G? Where was Mustafa Ali? Um, They don't have run-ins on pay-per-views. Okay. That makes sense completely. After the fucking fact that it was no disqualification... And, yeah, are you trying to say Roman Reigns can take down everyone like Sting? Dude, that China only worked for one decade when it came to the angle of a bad guy has to get his comeuppance. So now what you did at that pay-per-view was basically make, essentially make Baron Corbin look untouchable because he had the end of days and then... He hit it on the chair after the fucking fact there was super kick and a whole bunch of interference from the revival and the six security extras, possible future NXT guys or extras that were local. But the fucking point is, it's like, why so much emphasis on the, oh, well, he can't beat him by himself. We get that. Holy fuck. And Rey Mysterio versus AJ Styles. I don't know if that was a kickoff match or it got scratched, but what I will tell you is Randy Orton versus AJ Styles tonight. Um, it wasn't bad, except for the fact that the double clutch and the, and the RKO, the second one was not. It just, to me, fell flat. And it just seems like Man, I think we've done this before, and they have done it before. And where it was reverse roles, where Randy was dissing entirely on, uh, how do I put this? He was dissing entirely on AJ Styles, and AJ Styles took him to the woodshed. And then, um,. Basically, essentially, what happened in that rivalry was it flipped because we're running out of fucking ideas for AJ Styles and Randy Orton. Randy's been with the company close to almost 20 years. AJ Styles, you know, he's been around TNA, he's been around Japan. He's wrestled all over the world. And we're running out of opponents for him? Hmm. It just seems like, you know, whenever people do think of ideas for wrestlers and concepts, it's like, 
why not think of this concept, the fans will eat it up. Sometimes we do, and sometimes we don't. What concepts am I referring to? Oh, gee. I don't know. The umpteenth time that the shield had been recycled in the six years that they have been a part or have been a part of WWE. Partially why, no, that's not the reason why Ambrose left. I think it was because his character was getting suffocated and there really was no room for him to grow because they constantly put him in a box, as he says on AEW. But it just feels like the overall feel of WWE is like shifting backwards in progress rather than, you know, moving forward. Instead of holding the microphone after you beat someone down, just you made your point, walk the fuck up the ramp, go back to through Gorilla and get the fuck out. Why is there a need to well I'm sorry, Ray, I you know, I never lie. And then comes back and pulls a Ronda Rousey and essentially beats continues to beat the fuck out of Ray. It's things like that, folks, that make no sense. Seth was, you know, a guy that he has the entourage with AOP. So AOP beats the ever-living hell out of Ray. Now we're adding insult to injury by, you know, with a lead pipe against a guy that's, like, severely smaller than the rest of you. So even, like, the angle they're doing is that Seth Rollins wants a, a United States Championship match. He didn't even participate in that hellhole of a gauntlet that us fans had to sit and watch. Why is there a gauntlet match for champ, you know a number one contender spot? Why not just include all six men and have it be an elimination match? But no, because we have to, if we're creative, they have to fill time. So you took Akira Tozawa and let him pin. Let's see here. It was Akira Tozawa, Ricochet, Matt Hardy, and Andrade Cien Almas. You know, folks, that's just as bad as when they had the gauntlet match with Seth Rollins. And that was before Ambrose left. And boy... Let me tell you, that's like sitting through, uh, you know, a waiting period at the dentist office with there like 50 gajillion people there. And you say, pull my fucking tooth, asshole. I have to go back to work. Or, or if you're sitting in a doctor's office with a bunch of people blowing their nose to the point where you feel like there's bugle horns and uh, trumpets and saxophones because they blow their schnoz way too fucking loud. <laughs> I mean, oh, sorry, the mental I, picture. Well, I mean, it's just, it's, see, I'm coming up with material because watching three hours of programming that goes nowhere, instead of, okay, the pyro at the entrance was great. Um, you know, that's been cool to watch. That's one nice thing I can say about WWE Raw. So, not all negative, but. Lana, please shut your cake hole. No one is interested in what any of the fucking shit you have for a story because why? 
You're just eye candy and always have been, dear. You really shouldn't be in the business is what you constantly hear. You're getting threats. I feel bad for you on that end, but oh, okay. Um, How do I? If I wanted to watch soap operas, I would just stay home and watch Days of Our Lives or Sunset Beach or whatever the fuck is still on, you know, um, soap opera-wise, because it's just constant trauma that is not necessary for wrestling. And they're like, well, you need a lot of angles for wrestling. You need the comedic side. You need the soap opera side. You need the serious scrapple side. We need the how about you put down the microphones and fucking wrestle side. And this is a direct shot at WWE Creative. Again, Michael Hayes, maybe perhaps you should retire because you are so out of touch with the audience. At one point, and I'm going to keep referencing this moment, you said when Jim, you were sitting with Jim Cornette, Eric Bischoff, and whoever else was in the fucking room with you, you said, if you could be asked to book a dream match, who would it be and why? Michael Hayes, ladies and gentlemen, said, I would book John Cena and Roman Reigns. Let me just paint that picture for you. We've already seen this match a million times. And this fucker, this Hall of Fame fucker, God bless his soul, he should just be a part of coaching and being an agent because him writing is making, he's the senior producer, folks, needs to back the fuck off and let someone who is qualified write the material. Because I don't know if, if Vince is trusting in him and trustworthy in Michael because they've been together for so long as, as him being their senior producer. Dude, we're not fooled. You cannot pull strings. And second of all, Dana Warrior, what is she even doing in the back? Can someone, unless it was for charity, that is all that Broad needs to be doing. She even there was an article about her about her giving a weird vibration out in the back. She knows nothing of the business. Yes, her husband was involved, but I have someone that could tell you exactly how well Jim was perceived now that he's dead, God rest his soul. But you catch my drift? You have people in the back that cannot identify with the fans to save their lives. Why are they in the business? I couldn't fucking tell you. And what does this have anything to do with Monday Night Raw tanking? The ratings, folks. The fucking ratings for WWE Raw. WWE Raw ratings. As I search on the Google... December 2019. I have to have proof, folks. It's one of the things we do as broadcast journalism. Oh, boy. Um, it says, WWE Raw ratings down. Monday's rate Raw drew an average of 2,150,000 viewers on USA Network. Raw was number four, number five, and number six on cable for the day. 
with a 0.68 average rating in the 18 to 49 demographic, down from last week's 0.69. Whoop de doo, folks, a tenth of a percent. It was going up against the Giants versus Eagles game, which this is. I don't. You know what? The game wasn't bad, folks. It had 11, 11,360,000 views. Monday Night Football is beating WWE like a drum, folks. That's like, okay, 11,360. I'm going to do the math, folks. I'm being such a nerd tonight, but why not? Yeah, why not? That's probably more entertaining than the three hours we wasted watching Raw, right? I mean, I had a hard time staying awake, so did Lady Lynn. Oops, the daisies. <laughs> 11, 11 million, let's see here, 360,000 minus 2,150,000. Dear Lord, um, folks, here's, here's the thing. 9,210,000 more viewers. And Monday Night Football used to suck balls back in the mid-90s. That's nearly four times as many viewers, folks, if we're all being math, you know, mathematicians here. So if we're looking at numbers, yes, two people do have an impact because Raw used to mean something and didn't be the show where you picked up a microphone. Hell, dude. Lady Lynn and myself, tomorrow, I guarantee you, if we audition for Raw, all we'd have to do is pick up a microphone, learn to promo, which, you know, build up the opponent, don't ever tear them down, and then tear them down if you're the heel and keep them up if you're the baby face and gain empathy from the crowd. See, some of the shit you learn from wrestling school kind of pays off. I say that in a sarcastic tone because, honest of fucking Betsy, dude, if if you had to sit through three hours of this shit with Vic Joseph sounding like he stubbed his toe a million times, ooh, he does a great play-by-play, but his expression aren't the fucking greatest. You know, Samoa Joe kind of stutters a little bit, but I wouldn't want to tell him that in person because I don't want to die. (laughs) And he's, you know, he's doing the best he can because Jerry Lawler, I guess, is reverting back to the old Jerry the King Lawler, you know, on commentary, which, you know, poses views, but... Dude, if you're going to mention the subtleties of fans mentioning terms, I love you, Jerry. I respect you, and you're one of my favorites. But is this just a sad, you know, I need the money type thing? I don't think it is because he's running the restaurant, folks. I don't think it's I need money. I think it's I think it's WWE's way of saying your buddy's on – AEW, we need you on WWE Raw to be a ratings draw. Well, I'll tell you how you would do that. If you would shake things up every once in a while, even with the commentary team, you could have Mauro Ranello and Jerry Lawler, and that would be the closest thing to uh, 
Jim Ross and Jerry the King. Um, Michael Cole on the other end, you know, with Corey Graves. Corey Graves does a phenomenal job, folks. And despite people criticizing him for what he did to Mauro Ranello, I think it's, you know, it's just me. People who say they get bullied, you know, and they have a mental problem, you know, from whatever they've experienced. Corey even said he was sorry. But if we're going to be big pushbags about every little thing that gets commentated when you just said, nice job, you know, you have a ring, former Ring of Honor champion and you have a former WWE women's champion in Beth Phoenix, should allow them to talk easy boomer should allow them to talk is what was said on a tweet by Corey I think what I'm trying to say folks is Morrow kind of is overly sensitive about a little few things because he deleted his entire Twitter and then drew, uh, drug it back up recently Mama F and Mia you're awesome but uh, learn to take some forms of criticism my dude because you are amazing and we wouldn't change, we would not exchange you for any commentator in the whole wide world of wrestling, even if it was Tony Schiavone, Jim Ross, or Mike Tanay. No one could beat him. No one could replace him, honestly. No. I mean, you, okay, and speaking of Marwanello, I'm going to segue into this. NXT, folks. Hands down is the better brand in WWE. And I say that with the utmost confidence. Why, you may ask? Because their shit has consistent feuds. Yes, they're starting the mic a little bit more, you know, than they have in the past. They have an excellent women's division with Shayna Baszler, Rhea Ripley. I mean, the list goes on and on. Even Vanessa Bourne works a good match. Okay, granted, some people were saying, well, I should kind of blend. Look here. I've I've seen a lot of wrestling in my lifetime, and I've only been around 32 years. I watched ECW growing up. I've watched WWF, WWE. I've watched WCW, which I feel AEW starting to fill that void. And I'm glad that they're there for competition purposes. Um, let's see what Ring of Honor. Uh, mad love for PCO, folks. That dude's 53 years old. He won a championship at Final Battle, and the crowd just went absolutely apeshit for this dude, and deservingly so. So I mean, yeah, I, I talk a lot of negative about WWE, and that's for a reason. It's because I fucking care. Love-hate relationship, and it fucking continues. Now I'm on back on the hate side, and I absolutely hate it because I don't want to talk negative about a company, but I have to point some shit out so that maybe, maybe someone in the fucking front office can get in their heads, get rid of this dude, get rid of this person, because it wasn't Hayes that orchestrated The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels. That was Jamie Noble. I didn't, I swear to you, I think, no, actually, I am well aware that would you better watch what you say, you might eventually work for the company. I don't intend to work for WWE, and if I do, so be it. I know they're probably going to curve my tongue a lot, but 
I'm going to say what the man who was on backstage said a long time ago when he held the show hostage. And that was an interesting role, by the way. Do I have everyone's attention now? Because obviously, we like to poke fun and jab at broadcast journalists on national TV again. And you think that people will not pay attention? You think that people will just think, oh, maybe he wasn't referring to you. Now, I know this. I know this wholeheartedly. And I know that the company says they don't pay attention to podcasters or bloggers. Yes, you do. Otherwise, you wouldn't be getting ideas or compensation for putting plagiarized ideas out on your broadcast TV. So, remind me why we pay admission for tickets to see bullshit of a show. Because if I speak from a worker's perspective, that'll get fucking old. If I speak from a fan's perspective, some of you will definitely disagree with me because we live in a world full of social media that will say yay or nay, you did great, you did you know wonderful. And then we also live in a world that watches what we all saw on Tables, Ladders, and Chairs 2019. And that, my friends, was Home Depot-worthy, meaning I need a Home Depot bucket so I can puke and hopefully fill it up and throw it in the face of whoever put that card together. Because to me, like, what the fuck, dude? What did we do to you? My question, what what did we do to you? Other than, you know, some of us, I don't bitch much when it comes to watching me at the show. I will watch it all the way through. I don't get up and leave. I mean, if I'm hungry, sure, I'll go get some nachos or a drink, which is overpriced at events, in my opinion. But that's just, again, you know, that's hearsay for some of you. I just... It irritated me last night to see, okay, Daniel Bryan comes back, and then yes, movement, great. The, the crowd in Minneapolis ate that up. That was one cool moment. But the rest of the show, I, I've got some big question marks for you all. Why is it an undercard, midcard match? Aleister Black versus Buddy Murphy. That match stood out above every other match. It's not a bad thing. But think about that, shall we? The OC versus the Viking Raiders. The Viking Raiders dominate the whole match? Why wasn't their match a ladder match? A chairs match? A tables match? Is someone hurt? That's the only reason I can think of that it didn't fucking adjust to that. Also, Humberto Carrillo versus uh, Andrade. Okay. So... That match went nowhere, nowhere anytime soon, and Humberto won again because of a miscue with Zelina Vega. Also, folks, when you do a follow-up match of the Viking Raiders versus the uh, Good Brothers, can we agree upon something, folks? They don't need a microphone in hand. Just like Seth did not need a microphone in hand after the beatdown of Rey Mysterio. They did... Uh, you know, they kicked off the show with AOP and Seth Rollins, and Seth 
basically it was carbon copy of his promo from last week. Just a little more add-ons in the fucking promo, which is paragraph after paragraph after paragraph. Bullet point the fuckers, please. Because they're not really grasping that fans are tuning in and out like a radio station, and it's starting to get annoying with us doing that. I want a Raw that makes me go, holy fuck, these three hours were worth shit. Not the, the money. Why are we waiting? You know, before Rumble, you better have something, man. That's all I'm saying. You had better have something. And, well, your idle threats don't make a difference. Well, you know, folks, I renewed my subscription because I just want to watch the old shit, to be honest with you. I mean, that's basically what the network is for. You can watch a whole bunch of material outside of WWE. I watch One Night Stand. Hell, I'll be honest with you. I watch old WWE in your house. I watch the Invasion Angle. I watch WCCW, NWA, AWA. I watch the old stuff with Finn Balor and Nikki Cross on there from ICW, PWG with Kevin Owens. Kevin Steen back in the day There's so much more Than this year's programming Of WWE and it's sad You know they they added Samoa Joe And he's a great addition To the commentary team But I'm not just Focused on commentary folks I'm focused on What's going to sell What's going to make People show up to the show And be like okay This show was actually fucking worth it. This was worth my time and my money that I spent on a pay-per-view. And I went through hell, folks. I went through absolute hell. You know, Mania 29 and so forth. I've been a trooper, not just watching Mania, but watching Rumbles and watching uh, TLCs that are not TLCs. Extreme rules that are not extreme rule pay-per-views. What is the point of us watching WWE now? I'll tell you what it is. Because eventually maybe it might get good again. But then again, it's like the Oakland Raiders slash Vegas Raiders, whatever you want to call them. You never know what, you don't ever know which team is going to show up. And you also don't know which programming is going to show up, is what I'm gathering some say I'm brutal, some say I hate a lot, some say I'm negative. Well, for a fucking reason. I have reasons. Because this show did not used to be this shitty. And yes, I realize Hayes is the attitude era. Yeah, dude, no. He had a bunch of people helping him write the material. And did you hear as many promos? Eh, maybe not as much. But the point is, before I go, I would like to tell you all something. It takes a special kind of stupid to keep drawing or keep the audience, keep, you know, making them go away like some magic trick. You know, for a magician during his fucking show, it's like, I have all the fans, ooh, ah, and I know how to make them disappear. Avada Kedavra, bitches. I mean, really? 
you guys want to push us away because we want Bray Wyatt as a cha- our champion and not the uniform champions like John Cena and Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. Like, I'll say it, man. I have mad respect for all those guys, and they at least show up compared to Lesnar. But I just don't. I don't get what your deal is with, you know, certain superstars. Honestly, I don't, and I've stopped trying because no matter what we say as a group or as a podcast, you're just going to fuck us. You literally are just going to fuck us. So why are you bothering? You know, Vince was laughing during the pay-per-view because he's been through this shit before. But at the same time, are you laughing because you made us mad? You know, there better be some payoff, man, like Mania 35. As I said, I went through hell watching all this shit, you know, trying to figure out there'd be a good point. And I weathered the storm, unlike certain fans. I'm not perfect, no. I, I, I'm just a guy who wants to come home from work and relax. But when I come home from work and see this bullshit on the fucking tube... I would rather watch, you know, the uh, the Yankees signing Garrett Cole over and over again on fucking replay on Fox News. But anyways, folks, that'll do it for today or tonight or whatever. If you didn't like what good old Brian Reynolds had to say, I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. And Lady Lynn? And if you didn't like what Lady Lynn had to say, well... Call me what you will, but don't call this lady crazy. All right, folks. Tune in on the new time for Off the Rails Uncensored with good old Brian Rails. Who the fuck else? At 11.30. Actually, no, 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 no. We're going to go 10.30 Eastern Time. And, uh, you can believe I've got more. I've got more in the tank, and that include an AEW Dynamite review and a Wednesday night NXT review. So, folks, have a good day, night, or whatever. To those bitches, I got to sleep, got work in the morning. I don't know if I told you that. I, I constantly, you know, fuck it. Hit the music, monkeys. <laughs> Look in my eyes, what do you see? The cost of something else.